Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 48th episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have Daniela and Iria, a director duo and co-founders of Wednesday Studio based in London. They specialize in visually distinctive short form 2D content for brands, commercials, charities, and films, and have worked with clients such as Airbnb, eBay, and School of Life, to name a few. Today on the show, we'll talk about their experiences with director representation, their fine art backgrounds and how they bring that to their work today, and the challenges and joys of starting and growing a studio. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. All right. Well, today on the show, we have um, the wonderful Wednesday studio. We have uh, Daniela and Iria. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Well, I, I'm so excited to talk to you. I, I'm a big fan of your work. Um, we've had just a lot of requests to have you both on the show, and you've, you've been on the list for, for quite some time. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get into it. But let's um, – I'd love to just give – for anyone who, who doesn't know or isn't familiar with Wednesday, could you just tell us a little bit about your, your studio and, and what you've been up to the last um, year that you've been officially Wednesday? So, uh, yeah, uh, the studio is run by myself and Nidia. It's, uh, we're a young studio. We, we've only officially set up a little over a year now. And uh, we're based in East London. Um, and we have representation in the States with Anchor Point and here with Strange Beast. Um, yeah, we do, we do quite a range of, of projects. Uh, yeah, mainly commercial projects or charity projects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the style of your work, I mean, it's it's very illustrative. Um, could you talk a little bit about your your backgrounds and and where I don't know, maybe that that particular style comes from? I, I understand you both have backgrounds in fine art. Yeah. So I, uh, well, I initially wanted to study fine art, and after doing like a a taster, it, it's called a foundation course that they do in England a lot, where you get to try a little bit of different art disciplines. Uh, after doing fine art, I, I think I realized that it was a little bit too unorganized for me. <laughs> I needed something that, that gave me more of a brief, more structured. And uh, when I kind of, I, I got into animation through illustration. And, uh, and that animation just suited me much better because it was kind of like you, get a, you have a problem that you have to solve in an artistic way. And I quite liked approaching it from that way. Um, and uh, yeah, Idia has a similar. Well, you, you did actually study fine art. Uh, yeah, I I studied fine art in, in in Spain, and I did enjoy the chaotic way of thinking in fine art. But uh, I was really into moving image, and I was experimenting a lot with like video and things. So then I came to London and uh, to learn English. And in the process of being here, I. I got a bit more in touch with animation and I ended up studying a master's in the NFTS, the National Film and Television School, uh, where I met Danny. Nice. So wait, so let's stay on that fine art for a moment. So you both started there. What was your kind of thought going into that? Did you think you would be professional artists in some way? Maybe like, you know, have, have a gallery someday? What was the, I don't know, what was the goal going into that? Well, uh, to me, the goal was... I didn't really properly think about it, if I have to be honest. But <laughs> yeah. I just I just wanted to do something creative, and fine art sounded really good. Also, like the the oldest sister of a friend of mine was studying fine art, and I loved her. So I thought, yeah, that's my aspiration goal. I want to be like her. <laughs> See, I yeah, I also had a. It, it was it's funny. It's something that I was worried about that I thought about, but I didn't. I thought I'll work it out when I'm at university. Once I start studying this, like, you know, they'll, they'll explain to me how you can have a career in fine art. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I'm, I guess uh, my, my personality is like, I, yeah, I, the, the lack of structure was, it was too, too, uh, too much uncertainty for me, I think. And, uh, and that's why I ended up focusing my, my BA 
in, in something that, that was like, a, yeah, I just had a bit more of a solid career path in my head that I could see kind of panning out easier. Was it too like broad and that they were having you work on too many like different types of, of art? Uh, no, for me, it was uh, not having anything to jump off from. Hmm. You know, I like the idea of uh, what, when you get when you get given a new project or a new brief. Like, I like having a start a jumping off point. Yeah. And in fine art, it was just like create, and I'd be like, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> now where do I start? <laughs> um, and a lot of people thrive on that. It's just not how my mind works. So that that was always a little bit starting from nothing was was scary for me. Interesting. So then how do you approach your personal projects now? Because one could argue that that's kind of the case with personal projects. We start by making a brief for ourselves. Yeah. So we create the instructions that we have to follow to come up with the final product. Yeah, we give ourselves parameters to follow. Yeah. Could you give me an example, like a specific example of one of your, your personal projects? July, for example. Uh, July, we, our parameter was to create a fake music video. So <laughs> we, we actually made a collage of soundtracks. We chose different parts of different uh, soundtracks uh, to create the timeline for our film. And then we asked our sound designer to, to make sure that we wouldn't be accused for copyright. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we had to create something that would fit with the same melody or, you know, without feeling that we were copying anybody. But yeah, we, our parameter was trying to, to do a fake music video. Yeah, so even just with something like that, that already helps narrow down because then it's easy to kind of just be there forever trying to, to come up. Uh, but even just giving yourself a brief of, you know, what do I want to do with this personal project? Like, what, what sort of thing do I want to showcase? Do, is it that I'm trying to create... Uh, try it a different style or do a type of project that we haven't done before. Like in this instance, we'd never done a music video. So we thought, hey, this could be, yeah. <laughs> you know, a nice opportunity to try to do something like that. Or I don't know, if you want to do a certain type of animation. That or the calendar gifts. We started doing animated gifts per month, but we there's too many months and <laughs> it was taking too long. So we, we gave up after a couple of months. <laughs> Maybe one day we, we'll keep doing more for yeah. the same project. Yeah, the months will come back. Yeah. <laughs> so with something like July, did you give yourselves a deadline? Um, yeah, well, because July was actually kind of commissioned by Agile Films. They were uh, commissioned every director to do a little animation. Oh, nice. So we we had to finish it. Not like They were quite flexible, but we still had to finish. It was because we chose the month of July so every director had to choose one month, and we chose July. So we had to finish it for them to be able to publish it in July. Gotcha. Yeah, I think we did it by August. Yeah, but we, we finished <laughs> by August. <laughs> Late July. Yeah. So with that project, it was music videos something that you were hoping to get into um, as a director team? Yeah, it's just because we happened that we never had the opportunity to do it together, so... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we're just, we want to try everything. <laughs> we want, we want to, we like variety of projects. We, you know, we like we, the we've been, something new. Yeah, the, the main issue maybe with music videos is that they tend to be quite long because lyrics, like songs are like three, four minutes and they don't really have budgets to, so yeah. it's a bit tricky to find the opportunity. No, definitely. I've had a lot of experience with that being in a, in a music town as well. It's like, I've, you know, music video seems like the most fun thing, but then it's like, I have to do a, you know, three and a half minute animation and the budget's only, you know, $5,000 because the music industry doesn't, you know, support much more than that. Well, we've been offered like a hundred pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, uh, uh. <laughs> we'd really have to love the song for yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So have you gotten any leads on music videos from, from that personal project? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Unfortunately, but we had lots of fun doing it. And it was quite successful. People tend, like, yeah. most people say that they like that project. 
We've had leads on it, uh, not for music videos, but okay. like in terms of style, like people have seen it and they're like, oh, you know, clients have referenced that yeah. one. They're like, oh, yeah. can we have something like that? No, definitely. So, so it has definitely been useful in terms of getting more work. Yeah. So after you both kind of pursued fine art for a bit, you, you met up at NFTS. Could you talk a little bit about your time there? Uh, yeah, it was, um, so it's a master's course. It's two years, but it, it runs a little bit more. It was almost like two and a half. Yeah. Um, and it's an animation direction course. So you're there to learn how to direct um, as opposed to animate. And like, you're supposed to come with those skills already. Yeah, and it's it's actually, it was very tough, but it was... Super. Yeah, <laughs> really tough. <laughs> but, um, but it was actually, I think we're both quite happy that we did that course. Yeah, we learned a lot. Yeah. What was so hard we, about it? Uh, well, lots of things, but ma mainly you have to already have the skills of animation. And I didn't when I got there. So I was actually rejected. Oh, and no. only... <laughs> yeah, because they told me that they didn't have time to teach me how to animate. And uh, But someone dropped off last minute, and I did happen to have a very good scholarship that would pay straight away for my fees. So they contacted me straight after. I, I, I still think that is because they knew I had a scholarship. That's why I'm mentioning. And uh, I had to learn animation by myself while doing the course. And in the first year... Danny was uh, in the second year, so I was uh, I came the year after, and in her year there was this guy called Richard Phelan. He was amazing, and he taught me a lot about how to animate. Yeah, and he was he was someone that was studying with us, and uh, yeah, he was really really helpful and amazing. And then Jack Tilley in my year, he was also really helpful to, to teach me how to animate. But then it, it was also tough because. The school was made out of lots of different courses and everybody was studying something film related. So there were like production designers, script writers, producers, uh, visual effects, uh, uh, cinematography, other directors like documentary directors, live action directors. And uh, in, in each course, there was only eight students and um, in the first year, you have to do lots of like short briefs where you will collaborate with the other students. And uh, as a director, you will have those, stu those students working for you. So you were their director. And in the second year, you will have to pitch your, your idea for your final project to those courses. And then they will decide who wants to work with you. And then you will have that one team for the rest of the year. So they try to make it like as as close to the industry as possible for a school. Yeah, um, main, that's very cool. Yeah, you get a budget, you get a team, you have to you know do schedules, green light meetings, all of that. Yeah, but uh, most of the people going to the school were going to do live action. So for for many of the students that we had to work with, animation was a bit of a struggle. So for us, it was also difficult working with people who were not that much into animation. So it was a difficult collaboration. But at the same time, I think uh, it was actually quite a great way to learn yeah, because uh, it totally. really teaches you how to try to motivate people to get on board with your project and get excited about it. And, uh, you know, that not everybody, it taught, it taught us that, yeah, not everybody's going to be as in love with your own project as you and how do you get around you know, at least making them excited about their part and, yeah. In the end, real life was easier because <laughs> at least they are motivated because you pay them, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> like if the, if, that's the, if the project is not their motivation, at least they get paid, you know, it's not like they, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, mean, hopefully that's not the only motivation. Yeah, hopefully not, <laughs> but that helps. <laughs> so how did you do that? Like, what are some of the things that you learned as far as, like, maybe getting people on board that might not be as interested or maybe not even just talented enough? How, how did you deal with that? I guess giving, giving, learning how to give feedback to different personalities and how different people react to feedback. Uh, you know, how, how to express yourself in that way where you're being encouraging without, you know, some people can be more more delicate than others. Some people really thrive of 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 that 
sort of back and forth. Um, I mean, I yeah, I had a, I had an unfortunate experience where I had to fire someone. Oh no. <laughs> I had lots of experiences like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know what? It's not something that I've ever had to experience in real life. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, as a professional, um, it was as a student. But uh, yeah, it's. I think that was it was a really good learning experience. How did the professors handle that? They were just like, yeah, I mean, they're not doing their job, or were they? Yeah, like, was it something that was like I don't know, discussed with them, or were you just like, not, you're done. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't a student that I fired. It was uh, you. You're given a budget to hire oh, uh, assistants right. okay. from outside of the school, and obviously, it's not a you know you're not you can't pay them real wages. So it's also people that are learning, and uh, yeah, the the professors were were with me. I think I think it was just part of the whole thing. Like they're like, well, you know, you got to work out how to do it, you know, <laughs> and be professional about it. No, um, I had I had fired other students, and the the teachers were not too happy about it. <laughs> But in the end, what they really care about is that the film is made and is good and you are happy with it and the rest of the students are also happy with it. And the, um, the person I fired was not really in wanting to do this film and I needed someone to take his role. So it was, a mutual it was, thing. It was for the best of everybody. Yeah. So you both have a, a degree in animation direction, but you're also both animators as well. Um, and, and now I assume that you often do a lot of your own animation, but there definitely is a difference. Could you talk a little bit about getting your hands into a project as opposed to uh, being an animated director and um, maybe how those two things uh, work together, but also can work against each other sometimes. I think uh, we've, I mean, we've been quite hands-on in most of our projects. Um, we've animated in every single one, I think. Uh, maybe in the latest one that we've done, we animated the least in. Okay. Uh, because we had, a, we had a larger crew, and, uh, and it's exciting when you have these people, uh, you know, freelancers, that so you can play to the certain strengths. It was also the longest project we've done since we are directing professionally and there was we undervaluated the amount of designs that we had to do so designing the whole thing took us a lot longer than we estimated yeah. so we needed someone to take over our animation most most of it in order for us to finish all the design yeah which i mean we like animating but it was also really quite nice to to have you know people that are have different skills to you and different strengths Definitely. Yeah, it's it's really it's really quite nice. It I mean, enriches a lot. It enriches a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our projects. Uh, I think there was one project that we ended up not um, doing the design work, all of the design work ourselves, which was a yeah, it was the opposite. Project. We did all the animation, but not the design. <laughs> yeah, um, and that one was an interesting one because it was a, again a different way of working. I mean, we were still directing it and we were doing rough layouts, but. Uh, we worked with an illustrator called Daniel Clark, who, I mean, we just really loved his work. So we yeah. were, were like... We thought his work would be a really good match with our style. Yeah. And uh, and he was amazing to work with. And uh, it was different, uh, you know, not to, to give over the design to somebody else, but at the same time also really exciting because you give like these rough sketches and then you come back, you get back this like beautifully detailed textural... You know. Yeah, it was so scary at first because yeah, we we never did that before and we we, we quite like designing. Yeah. So giving that role to someone else was a bit painful before we started, but as soon as we started it was quite good because everything he gave us was amazing. Yeah. So that was on the School of Life project, right? Yeah. Okay, very cool. The Cultural Mining, it's a beautiful piece. Everyone should go um, watch it while we're chatting here. But I'd like to talk about that because that's a, something that can be a little bit difficult is that um, is working with other designers and illustrators. I find sometimes it can be especially difficult in, in storyboards because um, a lot of times, you know, we, we can draw out storyboards and then maybe that will um, hinder uh, the illustrator or designer in some way from like maybe experimenting in, in, the, in a process that they might uh, normally have a little bit more freedom around. So how much freedom did you all allow in that project for Daniel? Well, our, our layouts were quite detailed. 
on, on what we needed, but we wanted him to do it the way he will do it. And we also knew his work before we started the animation. So we were not coming up with things that he will not know how to draw. I mean, we knew his strength was buildings and landscapes and our film was perfect for his work because it was about minds and we thought it was a really good fit. So even when we were giving him detailed layouts, we were kind of basing it a little bit on what he, we knew he could do. Uh, I think also we had a bit of a time restraint there as well, you know, because we, we couldn't have him forever. So um, uh, he had to work. Uh, we need him, we yeah. needed him to do everything in two weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. And, and he, was, he, he was amazing. He was very fast. Also, he didn't have experience with animation, which can be, if we wouldn't give him the details, the detailed layouts, it could have been a bit trickier for us working with his work, knowing that, he he didn't know that he has to draw the the behind parts of certain things, you know, like for yeah. camera moves, like yeah. But I think yeah, it was kind of like a two way thing because we hadn't worked with an illustrator as well, so I think that was what worked best for us in you know yeah. in that particular project. Like in in some backgrounds that were a bit more abstract, we were a bit less detailed with the. Yeah, with the with the layout, I think. Mm -hmm. So let let's talk a little bit about the beginning of of Wednesday. You all met at school, um, and then I understand did 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 you all you know break out of school and start freelancing right away? Yeah. So we uh, I was a year above Idia, so I graduated earlier, and I was doing I was doing a freelance job. Uh, it was an a, like a learning app for children, <laughs> and. Um, it wasn't entirely what I wanted to do, but I was, just, you know, I had just graduated and it was, it was almost like a full-time job and it was a steady work. And, uh, when Edia graduated, there was a spot available as well. And then she joined as well. And, um, I think after both of us working there for a while, we're like, you know what, let's, let's take the leap together. Let's, uh, let's it was, do something. Yeah, it was less scary to jump out together yeah. than individually, I think. Yeah. So we're like, okay, let's let's become freelance directors together. And uh, at the same time, we also started freelancing for other studios. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it kind of, it built up little by little. So I got a, uh, a small um, direction project and uh, it was very small budget and I had just enough to hire one animator. I'm like, okay, Edia. <laughs> and uh, she... She worked for me in that project, and then shortly after, Edia got another small directing project, and she hired me. And then that client was very happy with the job that she did, and they hired her again. And she's like, she very generously said, you know what, why don't we try directing this one together and see uh. how that works out. And um, yeah, it was, a really, it was a really good experience. Yeah, it was, it was definitely more fun than, than alone. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was funny because the film was about like uh, teamwork, teamwork about how much better things are when you work together. So it was, <laughs> all the signs were there. It was perfect. <laughs> well, let's talk about that teamwork a little bit. I mean, uh, you both did a um, a wonderful article um, with Joe over at Motionographer, and I recommend everyone goes and and reads that. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, directing as a team. I mean, from a from a film standpoint, it's it's fairly rare. I mean, there are very f you know few at least famous director duos um, in in the film side of things, and yeah, and I, I think that can be awesome, but it can also be difficult. Um, so, could you talk a little bit about how um, you tackle that process of of both leading a vision um, for a project? Well, it's something that we definitely we have learned to do better and we keep getting better at it over time. But obviously it's not the easiest of things, especially, you know, you, you each, first you have to learn to communicate your idea very clearly to each other and obviously try to sell it to the other person. And, um, and then also learn how to let go of your ideas, you know, when the other person is just not buying it and you have to, I don't know, you kind of have to compromises. Yeah. You have to learn to compromise for the better. Um, 
But the style wise for us was kind of easy because we both have very similar taste, so we we agreed most of the time. Yeah. But for the first job that we did together, uh, I remember we, we went to this coffee shop and we spent like hours like sketching out every detail of how we will do everything and discussing like the shape of noses, the shape of hands. The fingertips. Like is <laughs> <laughs> like, it pointy fingers or round fingers? <laughs> and like we will be like, well, I prefer rounded nose. No, I prefer it pointy. <laughs> okay, we do pointy nose, but if we do pointy nose, we do uh, the shoes this other way. <laughs> like taking these weird compromises. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> We're a lot more efficient now. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think also uh, based on that, because we also started directing together you know, your style develops and it, and it changes. And I think we developed it together over time as well. So that, that makes things easier, obviously, like that, that we kind of developed this visual language at the same time. So how do you, how do you divide up your work then? I, I, from the Motionographer article, I understand that there is a, a coin flipping involved. <laughs> you leave it to fate. Yeah, it's because, yeah. So we, we both do design and we both do animation and we want to have the opportunity to be as involved as each other. So um, we do a list of uh, things to do on the project. This is mainly when we are working the two of us only. So we do a, a list of what's to be done and we divide it into groups and we decide what's easier, what's harder, what's much more fun and what's not that much fun. And then we do two even groups. And we discuss it. Like we, we discuss why this is fun, why this is not fun, why <laughs> this is difficult. And then when, when we are happy with the groups, we flip a coin. And the coin dictates which group is being going is going to be done by whom. Yeah, that way you don't regret you're not jealous of the other shit. Yeah. <laughs> the other person doing the cool yeah. shot. Um, it also kind of it, it forced us to not always like pick the easiest or the safest. Um, parts yeah. of film, you know, um, so that was quite a good yeah. uh, thing. But I think we we do the coin thing less and less now, obviously, because we're whenever we, we have other people on board, you know, we we don't choose shots for our freelancers based on the, <laughs> on the coin. <laughs> no, we first we first choose what to give them, yeah. and then we share what's left. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a different process. Yeah. So now um, you're both shifting into, um, you know, being in the weeds, in the project, always illustrating and animating to, to a bit of a manager role in, in some sense and into a bit of a true um, animation director. So how's that um, transition going? It's uh, hard. <laughs> it's a learning process. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very time-consuming to be the producer in our studio. Yeah, because at the moment it is it's just myself and Nidia and... Uh, you know, as you know, like emails, just just all of that takes such a long time. And it's not just emails, it's just managing everything, uh, setting up schedules and, you know, uh, shot lists and uh, Google Docs and organizing people. And it, it's, you know, it's producing and uh, it is, it's another job all in its own, um, which it's you know it's not necessarily what we set out to do obviously we're we're enjoying it and it's part of uh, the process yeah of being a studio uh, but eventually yeah we'd like to yeah we would love to have a producer that takes over yeah <laughs> that'd be amazing so that's uh next, the next step. step yeah nice so in the meantime what are you doing are you you able to kind of divide your day into like you know producing time and creating time or is it not not quite so clean yeah, I mean, usually first hours in the morning is producing time. Yeah. And then the rest of the day, hopefully creative time. But always during the day, it happens that you have to jump. Yeah, to you, that's, that's one of the things we're learning to get better at is multitasking and sw swapping tasks, going back and forth. Um, yeah, yeah, that's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about the future. Um, what, what are your kind of hopes and dreams um, for Wednesday? Well, the hopes are to grow and be a bit of a bigger and more established studio with like producers and other creatives working yeah. together with us. And uh, yeah, having like 
full-time people and full-time work constantly. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, getting the sorts of project that, that gives us the opportunity to work with more and more with, uh, you know... Other the, talented people. Yeah, people that we admire, uh, which we've had the chance to do more recently, and it's really exciting. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's what we hope will keep progressing. That's that's the vision. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I love that. Um, any any like fears as far as like I mean I I know that every you know any hire is a is a big deal. I mean it, it's it's it can be a bit scary. But are you just ready to go? Uh, I mean we are ready to go, <laughs> but it's always it's always a, a scary the well a scary and motivating at the same time the challenge to to grow and to keep growing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I, I, the, I guess the fear is not to find enough work or something. Yeah, but I think it's it's the fear that everybody has, isn't it? And it's how you manage that fear. And I think it's it's uh, well for me anyway. It's it helps so much having somebody else that I'm doing it with because when you have those moments of fear, when you get a little bit yeah, it's less scary having someone next to you. I think yeah, it's you know it actually helps me not be a pessimist about things having somebody <laughs> because I can be the pessimist <laughs> so, so somebody has to be the optimist yeah. right? yeah. no that's great <laughs> well let's talk a little bit about the business side of things so I mean you started in, and were with Agile Films for a little while and now um, you're with Anchor Point and, and Strange Beast um, so could you talk a little bit about your history and experience with representation in our history, so when after graduation, uh, I got representation actually in a different studio, Picasso Pictures, and uh, Daniela got representation in Agile Films, and uh, then the year, one year after that, we started working together and we started thinking about joining forces. So. We decided a name for ourselves as duo directors, and we were Wednesday Collective, and um, we decided in the end that I would move to Agile Films with Danny. And uh, yeah, we stayed there for a, for a while, but most of the time we were individual freelancers working as animators for other studios. So Yeah, I think, I think like when, well, I don't know about you, when I was a student, like I always had the impression that representation means that you've made it and that's it now you're sorted and you have this job um but it's it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to have lots of jobs uh, you know a studio represents lots of different directors uh it could be easier to sell one director over the other for that particular studio because their style's a better fit or for whatever thing you know it still meant that we had to keep freelancing as animators for other studios so yeah during during our time in in agile it was helpful for us to to have other opportunities mainly to to work in personal projects they would they helped us a lot in in our personal projects and that and those projects were the foundation of our portfolio and what helped us later on to get other jobs and and grow a bit more as a studio yeah and get more commercial work yeah and then we, we got approached by Anchor Point and we sang with him and he was really helpful. He, he gave us quite a lot of work since we were with him. Yeah. And uh, now more recently, we're with Strange Beast as well. Yeah. Does all of your work then come through your, your reps or is there still some, some other work coming in from other sources? Uh, we do have work from other sources. Yeah, we, we do a lot of direct-to-client work ourselves. Yeah, we, we sell ourselves as a studio and, uh, you know, as an independent studio, but we, we have this partnership as well with our reps. So it's a bit of everything. Yeah, what, what would you say that balance is right now as far as, like, direct-to-client or going through um, one of the studios? Um, I'd say um, it's, it's fairly balanced, right? Would you say it's, like, 50 Yeah, but um, we have a constant client that we keep doing a lot of work for. Oh, nice. But we we can't put anything online because most of the work is for products that don't don't exist. They they don't exist yet, and they are pitching it for so, so confidential products or um, or, or corporate things or, in, or internal corporate things. Yeah, like 
so we do we do lots of work that we can put online. Yeah, talk talk yeah. about that a little bit. That's that's a bit of my life right now. We're do we're doing a lot of work like that, and it, and it's paying the bills, and and you need that sometimes. Yeah, I don't know how much how much time do you spend on that, and and um, how does that mix with some of the other ones that you can post? For this particular client, uh, they are interested mainly in illustration. And we, we have done a, a few animations too. And, and when we did that, they allowed us to put some gifts. So it's not that bad in that we can choose the best part of the films that doesn't show anything related to their products and we can, we can still show it. So it's not that terrible. But in the illustration side, it's mainly characters playing around with their devices. And I, I just think about it as a, drawing practice. Yeah, but also uh, I think we've been lucky because a lot of these jobs that we've had, I'm thinking this particular client as well, that the client is great to work with. So, you know, you hear a lot of things that a lot of people having like quite horrible bread and butter jobs. And uh, I think uh, we've been lucky that these these people in particular are quite open and they're, they're yeah, quite... Happy to let us try things and and yeah, and they even give they even give us presents in Christmas. Yeah, they have, <laughs> they have good taste, you know. Hey, so, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so we've been like, I mean, no, we have also have had some other ones that you know are just we're never going to show anyone. Um, yeah, but, but everybody everybody has to do those, and and you know, at the end of the day, it helps fund other projects that are you know personal projects. Uh, so it's and it also helps to practice. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if you if you happen to don't have other work at the time, just take it. I mean, I don't. I think it's there's always a silver lining to it. You know. So this is like a very practical question, and no worries if you don't don't want to answer. Um, but the, it's it's the two of you, and and I imagine you know the months aren't so consistent. You know, some months really you know lots of huge paying jobs, other ones more personal projects. So how do you guys structure? Um, paying yourselves? Do you do you take a certain percentage of what comes in? Do you have a regular salary? Um, and maybe even how, how has that changed over the years? Well, that's something that we're actually still in the process of working out because we we were freelancers before, so we were doing you know day rates and whatever. But now we're setting up as a studio. That's a structure that we that we're going to have to change and. Uh, yeah, it's you know all of this uh, business setup things are actually that's the uh, that's the main part that we're learning right now. I would say. Yeah, so we we still do day rates and and we keep we keep a little bit of a of a studio fee for general expenses, but obviously they they are not enough to pay big chunks of times that without work. So we are still working out how to make more profits for us to be able to have a steady income. Yeah, so that's something that uh, yeah, as as we keep going, and if you know we take a, somebody else on or a producer, whatever, that's uh, yeah, you have to change the that pay structure so that it it's uh, as salaries. There oh, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do a steady salary, um, but yeah, that's. Uh, that's uh, part of the next exciting steps that we're taking. No, definitely. That's great. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so what is some things that, that you both are, are learning right now as far as like taking your work to the next level and just continuing to, to push your studio? I think that's the biggest thing. <laughs> learning really? learning yeah. how to push our studio. <laughs> Business structures. Business. <laughs> uh, which is a, yeah, it's a tough one. But... Do you mean uh, do you mean creatively speaking? Sure. Yeah. No. I, I think both both are equally valid. I mean, they're, they're both they're both part of it. So I'd love to hear on both sides. Uh, creatively speaking, I think every project is a different challenge. I think I think I learn from every project. Yeah. Like in the the latest one, it was all After Effects, and we yeah, it was. It's not the only project that we've done in After Effects, but it was the most the longest project we've ever done in After Effects. And I think we learned quite a lot doing that one. Yeah, you know, like in terms of like technically speaking, because, yeah. you know, you, it's tough to be an expert in everything. Like you, you, you end up, we both learn how to animate with on paper. 
Yeah, well, our relationships were on paper. Yeah, we scanned everything in, you know. Um, and uh, um, yeah, the latest project was also good to learn how to work remotely with a crew of people. We had different animators, all of them working on different parts of the world. That was also a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I mean, an exciting challenge. It yeah, was yeah. cool. Uh, but everyone had a different time zone. Yeah. So, you know, there was, there was uh, someone in Barcelona, in, in, in Nashville, in... Uh, Canada. In Canada, yeah. Um, and in Bristol. Yeah, and then ourselves in London. Yeah. Um, so, and the client in New York. So it was, yeah, it was quite... Uh, that was a, a new challenge that we hadn't done before. And it actually worked surprisingly smoothly. Yeah, it was easier than we expected. Yeah. We were a bit worried about it. Yeah. But I think it's, uh, yeah, finding a, we had a good crew. We, yeah. we were in good hands. <laughs> yeah. So you just mentioned that you do a lot of, you know, you're starting to do more work in After Effects, I guess. So you, you've been doing a lot of stuff on silkscreen then? We used to animate in Flash and do the cleanup in Photoshop and then the final compositing in, in After Effects. But we were... The style was more hand-drawn at the start, and it's becoming a lot more After Effects. With, it's with more graphic, reason. yeah. It's because we, we tend to go to After Effects because it's faster. Uh, like, not having to do cleanup is a massive time saver. And uh, when we don't have a big, uh, a long schedule, which is happening more and more every time yeah, we tend to just go for the quickest way and we still think that after effects animation looks really great we are really fans of hand run but we do like after effects so it's not our thing to to get good at that too yeah no definitely i mean and it's it's incredible i'm i'm very jealous of that background. That sounds very cool. I mean, are you able to kind of like meld the two worlds together from traditional to um, kind of all entirely on the computer? Yeah, I think I think that's something that like we've we've tried to do in a lot of our projects. Uh, and the most recent one that we've done that still isn't up is an exception because that that's the one that Edo was just talking about. That's all After Effects, so it's very graphic and digital. But um, we've done a lot of stuff that we, we like to bring texture into it, even if it's very graphic and, and kind of uh, stylized flat shapes, we, we still like to bring a little bit of a hand-drawn touch to it um, when, you know, it, even if it's just in the backgrounds or whatever, we'll, we tend to do that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and lately we've been trying um, to do things, uh, to incorporate a little bit of 3D in which was something new that we've we've been we tried it first in our school of life film yeah and it, that was the challenge of trying to see how we could get this our very kind of uh, flat style working with these 3D shapes and and how how to merge that together was that was that like kind of floating like piece of what was it? it was like a coal piece almost was that 3D yeah yeah, yeah. and also the the crane Turned out great. Yeah, thank you. The crane in the School of Life, I mean, is also okay. 3D. Nice. Very cool. So is that is that both of you like diving into like cinema or Maya or something? Or are you working with partners? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, find, we, have, we always find someone to do okay, that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned textures. I'm, I'm curious on a technical level, what do you all usually do for textures? Do you find your own or is it like a creation of, um, you know, on the computer? Or how does that work for you all? We do the textures in Photoshop. Yeah, Photoshop brushes. Big fans of Kyle's brushes. Yep, can't go wrong they're with really Kyle. Good. Yeah. He's so great. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing brushes. So, yeah. That's... I mean, the School of Life textures were handmade by our illustrator, Daniel Clerk. He loves working on paper. I mean, he combines digital and paper, and he sent us a few textures for the 3D elements in order to make them fit with the rest of the film. Yeah, but for other projects that we've done, it was... It's mainly Photoshop brushes. Um, sometimes we will, we're trying to work a little bit more with patterns, which is, well, maybe more in our newer film. Yeah. Making our own patterns in there, which is quite nice. But yeah, we don't do anything physical. Okay, yeah. Outside the computer, no. No, <laughs> no, no. So any, any fun um, personal projects on the horizon for you all? 
Um, we only just finished this big project that took, uh, we were quite busy for a while and uh, now we are in the hunt for the next thing. So if anyone wants to go with us. <laughs> yeah, so, like we literally just came off the back of this big kind of personal project. I mean, it was with a client, but it was also, it, it was sort of a personal project that we had a huge amount of creative freedom on it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, we're, we need to set up a new one, actually, because that's something that we're quite, um, we try to be quite strict with ourselves on there is having, even if it's a gift or something small, just to have like a something sitting on the back burner that whenever you have like a, a gap between jobs, we stay busy. We keep doing something. In fact, we do have to do something. It's the animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, speaking of that, we, we try to end each episode with the same few questions. Um, so the first is, who is your dream client or a dream client? So the dream client will be someone who gives us a lot of money to do something, <laughs> anything we want. And we can hire lots of people that we admire. Yeah, the fictional clients. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's the same for everyone, right? It's true, yeah. it's true. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, someone that can allow us to work, you know, to have like a dream team of people on and, and collaborate with all these amazing people. That, that's just... And creative freedom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there, is there any, like, maybe specific, like, companies or studios that you'd love to work with? Uh, I mean, I'd like to do more, like, like a, like a nice charity thing. Um, you know, something w, that has... W, hmm? the charity, W, something. Uh, WWF. Yeah. yeah, charities like that. I mean, doing a charity project would be something that I think we'd both really... Yeah. Oh, National Geographic would be amazing. Oh, yeah. oh, National Geographic would be a cool one. Yeah, yeah. I was a big National Geographic nerd when I was. Oh, really? Kid. Yeah, me too. My parents have all the collection of. I magazines. had the I had the subscriptions. I'd have the VHS yeah. tapes. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Your favorite animated film? We were actually talking about this earlier. It's a difficult question to answer because. <laughs> It's a bit boring to say this because it's almost the same case for everybody, but Disney classics, we grew up with that, and I think, for me, they are my all-time favorites. My favorite when I was a kid was uh, Dumbo. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a trippy movie right there. Yeah, I just I was really amazed with the idea of an elephant that can fly with the ears. Yeah. And then all, yeah, all the, yeah. The whole story when he gets drunk and everything was very inspiring <laughs> for my for my next time in my youth. <laughs> for your next phase in life. <laughs> See, like that scene, it, it's incredible, but it used to terrify me. When oh I was yeah, a it was kid. horrifying. I like I was what is so going scared on? of it. Yeah. yeah, it was horrifying and amazing at the same time. It was such a such a mixed feeling with that. <laughs> See, Idia was a braver kid than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked 101 Dalmatians. That was my, and still is. I have, well, I mean, as a kid, mainly because I was crazy and still am about dogs. I'm like the crazy cat lady for dogs. Um, but seeing it as an adult as well, I just, I still find it quite beautiful. Like, I like how stylized the backgrounds are in particular. There's just, and I don't know, just, it's atmospheric. The, the whole London street scenes is still, it's still gorgeous for me to see it. And I loved how the animators left, like, they didn't clean all the lines perfectly. They left, you can see these stray lines flashing around. And I just, I like that I can see a little bit of the, I don't know, like the, it's like seeing, peeking the behind the work. scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. It's interesting, like, as a kid, you just think like, oh, it's a Disney movie. And they're like, kind of all the same. But I've been like looking back at them recently and like just noticing how stylistically different they are. And I feel like Dalmatians is like especially that way. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I remember reading something that Walt Disney in particular didn't like it oh, really? because of that. Because it was too different or too, I don't know, too out there. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't, now, now I don't know how accurate that is. So. No, I believe that. I believe <laughs> but, it. Yeah, it would make sense. Um, and also it, it was one of those things that because I watched it as a kid in Spanish – when I was 
I saw it again as an adult in English. It, I realized for the first time it was set in English. Because <laughs> suddenly I heard all the accents. Yeah, I never, I never had that re revelation. Yeah, well, it brought my like, world. I was like, yeah. what? They're, they're British? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never seen any of the movie, Disney movies in English, actually. Ah, see, there you go. You got to watch it. It's a different thing. Yeah, together. I should watch them again. <laughs> All right, last question. What animal did you choose for your animalator and why? Okay, this was a long discussion with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, we decided that we wanted to find inspiration in our own logo. And we thought that a gorilla would fit quite well the shape of our logo. So we thought that Gorillas are also like, I mean, we like them as an animal because they have like these tight kind of family circles, you know, so they, they, they're like a tight-knit group, which I thought that was quite cool and what we, you know, we hope to grow into. Yeah, and they are intelligent and they, they, they are also tough. And um, yeah, we thought it would be a good mascot for our for our studio, we could call it Wenzrilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, climb, climb skyscrapers, you know. We are also big fans of Jane Goodall, and they, she's like their, no, they are the, her best friend. Yeah, Jane Goodall's like our, yeah, our idol. She's a cool woman. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm so excited to see it. Um, thank you both so much for giving us your time and coming on the show. Well, thank, thank you so you. much for having us. Animalators is created by the team at IV, recorded in the Weld Nashville studio, and produced by Chad Michael Snavely. To learn more, visit weld.co and chadmichael.com. To keep up with the work we're doing at IV, visit iv.studio, or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. You can also follow Animalators on Twitter at Animalators to keep up with all of the new episodes, and be sure to check out animalators.com to see every animation from all of our guests. You can find out more about Wednesday and their work at their website, wearewednesday.com, or follow them on Instagram at Wednesday underscore underscore studio. Our theme music is composed by Cody Fry. You can check out more of his music at codyfry.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and that helps more people find this show. As we continue to grow the show, we are now looking for potential partners who might be interested in sponsoring the show. If you have any interest in advertising on Animalators, please reach out and send an email to alyssa at identityvisuals.com. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A -S -S -A at identityvisuals.com. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure and join us next time for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. Animation.